Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everybody? Is yours truly, OK Fabe here, and I'm joined by arguably one of the hottest rising stars in the New England pro wrestling area today, formerly uh, Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Limitless Wrestling Champion, a descendant and disciple of the Chaotic Pro Wrestling School. You guys can check him out. He is known as one other than Anthony Green. Anthony, how are you tonight, sir? I am great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I, I was just, we were talking a little bit before we got on here how, um, you know, wrestlers obviously have a crazy schedule. You in particular have had a incredible 2019. Oh, man. <laughs> Probably the most I've wrestled in the seven-year span. So this, this year has definitely been the busiest. Now, of course, you, as I mentioned earlier with, with you know, some of your accolades, you uh, came from the now infamous New England Pro Wrestling Academy, also you know, associated with Chaotic Wrestling here in Massachusetts. Um, yep. Is that where you got your started with your training? Actually, no. So the, the training story goes back to 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was only 13 years old, and it was not the best wrestling school I found at that point. Right. Um, I tried to I tried a bunch of different places. A lot of people did help me, but my first official wrestling school was in 2012 when I began training at Top Rope Promotions as the Lockup, which is Spike Dudley's school. Ah, okay. Uh, with the with with the head trainers Spike Dudley, H2O, Ryan Waters, and Nick Steele. Okay, I did I do remember that school being around. Is that still active today? Uh, it is still active today. They run classes every single Tuesday. Oh, very nice. So you started off in the top rope, uh, the top rope like training facility, uh, training school, and then you eventually moved over to Chaotic, or kind of did both. How did that transition go? Um, I would go. So that was 2012, and mm-hmm. maybe in late 2013, here and there, I would go on to to the New England Person Academy on like a Thursday. And then I found myself going a, a couple more times in 2014, and then it was November 2014 where I decided that I thought I got everything that I was going to really get out of the lockup school. Like right. I think I kind of plateaued at one point, especially with a new crop of students coming in where I was – well, with only having one ring, it was kind of like the beginner's class and the right, right. class. It was all kind of one. Uh, we're at New England Pressing Academy. They have an advanced ring and an, uh, and a uh, a new a beginner's ring. So that nice. kind of was useful. So it was November 2014. I decided to switch over to the New England Pressing Academy. Now, I kind of jumped the gun a little here and start, started talking right about the training. So, of course, the, the classic question that everybody asks every wrestler, and I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times. So what got you hooked into it? Was there a specific match moment? Talk to me about being the fan. I mean, I don't remember a time where I wasn't watching wrestling. Uh, like, I remember even watching, like, um, like WCW. Like, I, I remember Hulk Hogan turning on, on Sting and Macho Man. So it was like, that was 96, which means I would have <laughs> only been three years old. So I don't know if my memory's that good, 
or if it was more like tapes and I just remember watching it that way. But at least, you know, three years old at at the youngest, probably, um, or oldest rather, uh, is when I started. Well, it's funny you say that because I have kind of like the same idea in terms of like, I don't remember things from like my, my life as like, oh, I remember that year. I usually use like wrestling as like, okay, this is what happened this year. That means I had to have done this at this. Like I use it as like my basis for like remembering things. It's crazy. Uh, I, I use, I use like my wrestling schedule to know what day it is. So it's like, (laughs) oh yeah, that Wednesday is the, is the 11th because I'm wrestling on a Tuesday, the 10th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that works out as far as that being like the basis for like everything else that we do. Um, with, um, so with that being said, training both at like top rope, you know, you said it was kind of like you you, you got your start there kind of, you know, plateaued, went over to chaotic in terms of not only generally training, like the general concept of like getting in the ring, taking bumps and doing all the good stuff and running the ropes. How was the training process for you? Was it kind of what you figured it would be? Or was it like, oh my gosh, this absolutely is going to be brutal? I mean, luckily for me, like I said, I started when I was 13. And even though it wasn't the best wrestling school in the world at that point in my career, um, I did learn the basic bumps and uh, I learned them properly. You know, I, I understood how to back bump and how to tuck my chin and how to face bump. And as I continued, I decided, you know, I started learning simple moves and lockups and all that stuff. And then I started refereeing at age 16. But even while refereeing, I still wanted to learn like all, all parts of the wrestling business. So I continued to learn how to bump or I would ask if I could do commentary on a show and stuff like that. So I always kept myself busy and always tried to like be a student of the game. Very nice. Now the now with you've had a, obviously a quite a impressive run in New England. I was I was trying to look up all your accolades and everything and all the promotions you've been a part of. I mean, up here maybe not too many people know this from the New England area, but you've hit pretty much all the big ones. I uh, see NCW Top Rope, like you mentioned earlier, Chaotic, which we've talked about obviously. Beyond Wrestling, you've also been there. Limitless Wrestling, you've kind of been uh, a, like you said a jack of all trades. Pretty much every major New England promotion up in this area. Um, but the other question I wanted to ask was as far as your uh gimmick retrosexual anthony green which i have to say is fantastic i love the concept of it with everything from the fanny pack and your look and everything it's so unique how did that how did that come about was that something that you kind of took it from inspiration because i can see a little bit like uh, i remember we were talking i saw you at atlantic pro wrestling show and i kept thinking man i got a lot of rick rude vibe i don't know if that's because the awesome mustache but maybe i think that was part of it but I, I i was it like something that you took from like inspiration here or a little bit of your own thing how did that persona come about so actually when i was just a referee um I would, you know, do battle royals and stuff, and I would usually wear a mask or whatever. And then right as I started wrestling, I my first wrestling name was actually Josiah Matthews. That was the first wrestling name I ever chose. It's a great one. It'll be That's my a- WWE name one day. <laughs> I can see it in uh, NXT now. Uh, but um, I always thought of, like, funky names and funky gimmicks that I could do. Like one of them was classic Chris Maverick. That's a, that's a famous one of mine. And then one of them was the name retrosexual. And I remember I pitched it to somebody don't remember who, but I explained it like, yeah, I would come out in zoo bars and I would, I would look like this and da da da. 
and I was told that it's like, it's too generic. It would never work, whatever, whatever. This is probably like 2012, 2013. Right. So maybe at that point in time where wrestling was very like, or independent wrestling was very heavy on like being the best pro wrestler, being a serious pro wrestler. Right. So maybe at, at that point it might not have worked, but you know, wrestling is subjective and it always changes. Uh, so I guess in 20, it was 2017 where I pitched it, uh, Again, just out of out of the blue, I said, "Oh well, if this all good Anthony Green isn't working, what if I called myself the retrosexual?" And they it piqued interest right away, and they started asking me questions like, "Oh well, how would the retrosexual act? How would he dress? What would he do?" And I just had answers for everything because I've always found myself to be better at pers- like uh, being a character or playing a character than I've been just being, you know, regular Anthony Green. Um, which I found that the the retro character is more or less a a version of me just amped up to a hundred. So is that where you also got the idea to have like the women come with you? Because I have to admit, I did watch the uh, wedding ceremony from Chaotic, which if you haven't seen that, it is a treat. I definitely recommend you doing so. That looked like you had a blast. Um, it was a lot of fun to put together. That was something that uh, I came up with like maybe six or seven months before it even happened and we were never sure if it was going to happen because we decided like i we maybe came up with it in november or december 2018 and we decided that we'd do it in like i think it was like january originally then it switched over to like march or april then june and then finally it happened in july um so that that was always fun i think they um they came up with the the name uh, together and then it was actually Chase Del Monte that mm. decided to put them with me initially at Chaotic and then it kind of just like turned into its own thing and caught on a lot of places and they helped me a lot uh, in 2018 and early 2019 like really to get out there and get some eyes on me as a wrestler and I think it was them that helped get me booked and then it was my in-ring that like like kept me there now, this might be a, a bit of a loaded question, so I apologize in advance, but or I apologize now. <laughs> um, w- w- with your time, obviously you spent a good chunk of your time and career in Chaotic. Obviously you were branching out into other places as well. And I think it's pretty well known from at least people up here in New England that Chaotic is kind of, uh, let's just say a hot spot for WWE and it, it's tend to be like one of the bigger promotions, if not the biggest promotion from like the independent new England scene. I mean, you can make arguments of others, but chaotic's usually right up there as one of the top two or three, if not the top one, would you say like going to chaotic, obviously you, you know, advanced in terms of your training and learning. Did you have that aspiration to get to that level or was it kind of just, we'll just take it year by year and see how things go. Um, definitely more year by year. Um, I actually did a Ring of Honor tryout in 2015, and um, a part of it was a, a Q&A session with, um, with Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal asked us, like, what does it mean to make it in pro wrestling? Like, mm. like, like I said, wrestling subjective, everything subjective. Like, what's, right. what's making it mean to you? And for some people it was, for me, making it would be going to Japan or making a living wrestling where I don't have to work a nine to five. For some, it was WWE or bust. And uh, when it got to me, I was the only person that said I already made it because I got to 
I got to live out my dream and have a professional wrestling match. Um, and, and everyone's a little bit different. And when it came to being able to go to chaotic, it was just, I was happy to be able to start there, especially my first matches there were in 2013, uh, before I was even training with them every once in a while, they needed to fill a spot. Right. And I happened to be the local guy they chose. And that's like, this was a time in 2013 where the locker room was Donovan Dijak, Brian Fury, Biff Busick, Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Taven, uh, Alex Arion was still there from time to time. Like it was the, probably the best the chaotic locker room has ever been. And uh, I was able to be in the locker room with those guys. That's incredible, and it and it does. I mean, it does show because you're obviously your in wing work has you know progressed over the couple of years over the course of the couple of years, and I of course have to ask that age old question: the the biggest, arguably your biggest moment so far in your career is being signed to WWN, signing to Evolve. I'm actually have the footage that you have pinned on your Twitter profile of when you officially got offered that back in April of of 2019. Um, I mean, talk me through that. How, how, I mean, it's pretty indescribable. I'm assuming talk me how that felt for you. I mean, everyone's story on how they get a contract anywhere or specifically, uh, evolve. Everyone's story is a little bit different. And I think my story is probably the most unique, uh, because mine starts in 2015, uh, uh in October of 2015, where I did my first ever uh evolved tryout where Gabe basically said like you're you're tall you're in good shape uh you wrestle well but that's that's really it like he, he, what what can i grasp onto like there's plenty of you there's so many of you why should i choose you out of everybody hmm. and I, I really took that like to heart not in a bad way but like all right yeah he's right like yeah, I, I am just a I'm just a tall white guy. <laughs> that's it. I'm I'm six one. I'm in I'm in okay shape. Like, you know, I, I don't have a six pack. I'm not jacked. I'm not the most athletic. I'm not the best technical wrestler in the in the world. So what am I gonna do to like? What's my niche? What what, what am I gonna do differently? So right. he goes, Oh no, I I need Anthony Green. Um. So from there, I decided I'd start changing my look a little bit. At this point, I had like clean cut hair, like nice haircut. You know. Uh, you know, a, a trimmed beard, like a chin strap kind of thing, and you know, just long tights or whatever. So I decided to switch to to trunks to to look a little different for me. Um, started growing out my hair, and uh, I didn't know that my hair was curly. So when I started growing it, I had like like a like an afro. <laughs> uh, I didn't know my hair did that. And then uh, I just started like playing around with different characters in in 2015 or in 2016 rather, uh, where I I was a viral video star like type character, like an annoying kid uh, <laughs> when I was wrestling for Paragon Pro Wrestling, and I was trying that out. And then at Beyond Wrestling, I decided I wanted to try out being like a frat boy, so uh, I was known as the big man on canvas, Anthony Green. <laughs> Love it. Um, so I just kept trying things out, and then it was it was 2017 where like you know I was like ah uh, the gimmicks not these gimmicky stuff like gimmicky things aren't really working for me. What if I just try to be the best pro wrestler I can and have like a uniqueish look or whatever? So like, right. I grew up my beard, I had full facial hair, I grew up my hair, uh, and I started having it in like a in like a man bun, and uh, which probably was the most generic look I could have had in history. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, 
it wasn't until I found the retrosexual character. Uh, I emailed Gabe and I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And he just responded back. I have no spots available, but I am more like into the idea of using you like this than how you were before. Cause right. now at least you have something. Right. Uh, so that you... was Jan. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, go ahead. That was, sorry. Yeah. That was January, 2018. I continued to email him every like four to six months. And then it was maybe late November, or early December, 2018. I asked him about the New York weekends in December mm-hmm. and he just responded back that there was nothing open. Um, so I said, all right. And then I immediately saw that there was a tryout for evolve that same weekend. And one person was going to be chosen to wrestle on the show. So I said, screw it. If like a spot's not open, I'm going to make a spot open. Hey, uh, there you go. So uh, I dropped the, I dropped the money, did the seminar. I was chosen. Um, I did a fatal four way match with Kurt Stallion, Bishop King and Colby Carino, the son of Steve Carino. Uh, that was in Long Island, New York, at the NYWC building, the New York Wrestling Connection building. Mm-hmm. But it was an Evolve event. Um, from there, that kind of opened the floodgates for me in the sense where I felt like I was able to email him more. Uh, so we emailed back and forth in January. Um, nothing came off of it. In February, he asked me if I was available for a show in March, but it was the same day as Chaotic Wrestling's Cold Fury. Uh-huh. And I was wrestling Brian Fury, my trainer, who has retired, and he was coming back to wrestle four specific people. So this was one of his four matches he wanted. So like I wasn't gonna cancel that for Evolve. I, right. I just couldn't uh in in my heart of hearts I couldn't do it. What are the odds? Yeah. The next that was on March fifteenth. What are the odds that on March 16th at three in the morning, Gabe sent me an email saying, I have a veil. I have a spot available tonight in New York city. If you can make it to Josh Briggs's house by 8am, I have a spot for you on the show. Mind you, I woke up at seven. So I didn't even see that three o'clock email until seven. Josh lives an hour away from me. And the only reason I woke up at seven was because I was booked in not Syracuse, New York, uh, Rochester, New York. I was booked in Rochester, New York, which is like a five-ish hour drive, five, six hour drive for me. Um, so I had to make a decision real fast because uh, <laughs> I, had, I had to get there by eight. Um, I c- called uh, my buddy Scotty Slade and I asked my girlfriend, like, what should I do? They both said, you need to do the Evolve show. Uh, <laughs> so I so I did. And uh, one of the luckiest things that could have ever happened to me during the match, I'm on the floor and uh, I'm supposed to get in the ring. And I saw a balloon in the ceiling. And I said, I wonder if I could grab it. <laughs> so when I went to the top rope to do my crossbody, I reached out, grabbed the balloon, did the crossbody, hit a suicide dive that gave the balloon to a girl in the first row and the crowd in La Boom in Queens, New York all stood up and I got awesome. a standing ovation. Awesome. And I was like, Oh man, Gabe is going to hate this because Gabe <laughs> loves because Gabe Sapolsky loves like that ring of honor evolved style wrestling, like the Tracy right. Williams is yep. like 
Austin Theory, like those kind of guys. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to get my ass reamed out. Like he, this, I don't know why I chose to do it. Like I got over with the crowd, which is good, but man, am I about to get yelled at? Um, I get to the back and Josh Briggs is right there. And, uh, just like nonchalant, I go, how was it? Like, was it okay? Like, was the match good? Mm-hmm. And he go gives me a huge hug and goes, Gabe was freaking out back here. So I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> he goes, he thought that balloon thing was the coolest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> he was screaming about it. He couldn't stop yelling. That's and great. then he walks and then Gabe walks right over to me and goes, dude, that was like, that, that was amazing. That was incredible. Like I told you, you were just a, a basic guy in 2015. You changed your look. You came back somebody different. Like you came back like December, you came and you were in okay shape. You came back here in March or in even better shape. You did that, that thing. Like that was, uh, dude, you, you were awesome. You, you were awesome today. <laughs> like he was getting all flustered and I was getting flustered. And then like, he shook my hand. He said, great, great stuff. Great stuff. And just walks away. Cause I'm sure he has a million other things yeah. to talk to and do other than and deal with the guy that like did a tryout so right. uh, uh, blah 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 stuff happens uh josh breaks his, uh dislocates his hip Oof. literally 20 minutes after my highest of highs now the lowest of lows right yeah um, i go with him on the uh the the ambulance ride and uh just the rest of the night because we all drove me josh briggs this girl michaela and gabe sapolsky all drove together um now at the at the ER, Josh said what couldn't what could have been the greatest line in history. He's all drugged out on uh, on anesthesia, <laughs> and uh, Gabe goes, "Is there anything I could do for you?" And Josh goes, "You should sign Anthony Green to a contract." <laughs> <laughs> I I love wrestling stories, and that has to be honestly one of the top ones I've heard in a long time. That's fantastic. <laughs> And then Gabe immediately replies, you need more anesthesia, dude. (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, it was one day later, uh, Gabe messaged me and told me that, like, he's kind of like, he's all in for me. Like, he really likes me. And then it was two days later, I was officially offered the contract. It was on that Tuesday that I was offered a contract. And then it was a couple weeks later, uh, WrestleMania weekend at the WWN Super Show 2019 uh, at LaBoom, same place I grabbed the balloon. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to sign my first ever professional wrestling contract with WWN and Evolve. I mean that 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 is probably a, the the one of the best success stories I've heard uh, personally, at least told to me as far as that goes. And I mean, you said it yourself. You can't remember times that you weren't a fan doing all this work, going to two schools, busting your butt for seven years, changing up your style and doing all these different things. How did that feel to get? Cause obviously evolve, I mean, is, is, is the next level. I mean, that's definitely a level up. How'd that feel for you that night? Uh, it was, it was definitely, uh, just reassurance for me that like, I wasn't wasting my time and I wasn't just like, you know, trying to be the big fish in a small pond that I've always tried to like get out of my comfort zone and, and always be willing to get better. And I, that helped me a lot. And I, even in my, my big tweet and in my Facebook post and stuff, I, I basically just wrote like, as long as you love pro wrestling, like at some point in some way, uh, wrestling will love you back. 
I, I can certainly attest to that. That's absolutely 100% true for sure. And that's that I'm still getting over that um, balloon and anesthet anesthetic got you in to, to evolve. That is a fantastic story. But <laughs> yeah. obviously, and, and obviously your skill too. <laughs> but, I, told, I told you the, the most, the, the most, it's the most unique story I will probably ever believe someone to have on a <laughs> dot getting a contract story. But that's why I love wrestling stories. You know, it's, it's so great. I mean, and, and speaking of, you know, great, great stories and everything, obviously I've spoken to other people in new england area i mean hot i mean i feel like new england is like dominating the wrestling scene lately not just in terms of the shows but like you said it yourself you were going through the list of all the people who were in chaotic when you were there i mean champa brian fury uh you know uh, brian malonis is obviously in ring of honor now and obviously we have you know uh hansen uh it, currently in war raiders on on the main roster on WWE raw i mean how's it feel to see like all these guys just it seems like an explosion of new england talent lately I mean, if you want to just go based on New England talent alone, we can go individual companies. Like, you have the NWA right now, which mm -hmm. has uh, Damian Sandow, Aaron Stevens, who is a New England native, right. and Ashley Vox, who is currently a, a New England wrestling star as well. Uh, you can go to MLW. MLW has Richard Holiday. Um, you can go to Impact Wrestling, where there's uh, Ace Romero, who's a New England native. Uh, based out of Maine, WWE, you have Dominic Dijakovic, Kofi Kingston, Ivar, Oni Lorcan, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anyone from New England there. Um, even Ring of Honor, you have Malonis, uh, Flip Gordon, Matt Taven, Vinny Marcellia, TKO Ryan, uh, Evolve, you have myself, you have Josh Briggs. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, like I I could go on and on about just the New England people, but it's like I, I sound like I'm gloating, but it's just I'm very proud to be from this area. I believe New England has always been the hotbed of independent wrestling since probably at least two thousand and three, two thousand four. Yeah, absolutely. I can't disagree with that. Like you just said, like you just listed pretty much every, I think you pretty much did hit everybody. I don't think anybody you missed. That's, that's quite impressive. I couldn't even remember them off the top of my head, but that's, uh, that just goes to show you like how good the great, uh, you know, good group of crop of talent up in this area is just, you know, dominating the scene right now with, um, so obviously you signed to evolve in, in April best, best wrestling contract story I've ever heard bar none, in my opinion, <laughs> moving, moving into, um, the network special. Now you're, you've obviously done, you know, uh, selective shows. You've been on like eye pay-per-views and things of that nature at other, you know, promotions like chaotic. I know has that as well. And so, you know, Anthony green, no, no, no stranger to great camera work, but how did it feel when you were told, Oh, by the way, this evolve show that you're on is also going to be featured on the WWE network. So another weird week for me, uh, evolve announced, shoot who was it it may have been kyle o'reilly was mm -hmm. supposed to be at an evolve show and i think it was, he had like an injury and he couldn't make it so they replaced him with tyler breeze that was mm. announced on either the sunday or early monday right and i retweeted it and then that night uh gabe messaged me and goes i see a tyler breeze match in your future mm. and i'm like Oh, so maybe Tyler Breeze is going to be at a couple shows. Like, right. uh, you know, who, who knows when it will happen. That's really right. cool, though. And then that Tuesday, match announcements, Anthony Green versus Tyler Breeze this Sunday. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, what? what's going on? 
what's going on? Like, cool. Like, Tyler Breeze wrestled two matches in Evolve. One was Mm. against AR Fox, one was against me. So that's pretty wild. Wow. Um, So that was announced on the Tuesday. And then out of nowhere, like Wednesday at like maybe 10 or 11 in the morning, Gabe just sends me a message and writes 2 p.m. And I go, (laughs) what's like... Was this sent to the wrong person? He goes, Yeah, yeah. No. He writes, No, wait for the announcement. And I go, Okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> boom. It was at like it was at like two fifteen. It was announced that Evolve ten year anniversary special was gonna be on the WWE network. So I was told I was wrestling Tyler Breeze and then told that I was gonna be on the WWE network in a completely different match within like a twenty four hour period. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot going on. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I I obviously watched that special. It was fantastic. Um, I lit up because you were like the opening segment, right? You were like one of the first, you had the first match. And I lit up because not only, I, I mean, obviously I recognized Josh Briggs from like Chaotic and other places as well. I lit up, I saw you obviously. I mean, what did that, I just, I could tell from like looking at people in the audience and maybe this is just my perspective on it. I could just feel like there was, a different tangible vibe with that show. It didn't, I mean, I've obviously seen other evolved shows, but this being on the network, did you feel, how, how did you feel? Were there any butterflies in your stomach? So I've been able to wrestle in the ECW arena on four different occasions. And this was the first time that I've ever like, just kind of like soaked everything in. Right. And right. I was like looking up at the, the hall of fame banners and you see like, Two Cold Scorpio, Chris Candido, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Gilbert, like Sabu. I, I could go on, and you just kind of think, like, whoa, these guys worked their asses off to make this crappy little bingo hall in South Philadelphia mean, mean something. Like, I'm in this building knowing that this building means something. And, like, who am I to be able to wrestle in this building, especially on such a historic, like, event? The first the first ever independent wrestling show to stream live on the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. And then add on the fact that I'm going to be the first ever match. Yep. Like, in no the pressure. history books, in the history books forever, when it says first ever independent wrestling match on WWE Network, it'll be myself and Josh Briggs. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's a that's a fantastic accomplishment i think you know as you've said throughout your story that's that is a that's an attestment to who you are as a person and a, a worker character whatever you want to call it that's a testament to your ability and i think that's a I, you know as much as a that is the greatest contract signing story i've ever heard that is also a great story of you know the attestment of you busting your ass getting to where you needed to be and achieving great success so it's great and honestly you know we're talking about all the new england people and i obviously recognize the names because i've seen the stuff around here and so to see you know and i said this to brian malonis when i talked to him a couple months ago when he was in ring of honor to see you guys like you know rise up and and make and get these great opportunities really is just like it's like a proud parent like oh i'm so happy to see you like really doing great so when i when i was reaching out to you and said, congrats on the success. I truly mean it. Cause it's great to see where you've started from and, and getting to this point in time. Um, 
And so the last question, I know we were going a little longer than expected. The last question I no want to ask before I wrap up here, um, what does 2020 hold for Anthony Green? What Any any goals that you have in your mind? Anything that you uh, would like to have happen? I mean, 2019, was it's a, it's a hard year to top. Uh, what do you think about 2020? I mean, so for 2019, I set myself five goals. And I smashed four of them out of the park. Nice. Uh, and number five, I, I was very close. I am very close to being able to do. Uh, hopefully 2020 will bring me that success. Um, I mean, one of the goals is always just to add more to my resume. Um, right. I want to be able to travel the world. Uh, this past year, I was able to add Mexico to my, my resume. Uh, I was also able to add world champion as I was able to hold the CZW world championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was also, I set the goal to wrestle in five new States. Uh, I was able to do seven wow. new States. So I'll add those two to my 2020. So I'd like to add three more to 2020. Wow. Uh, ho- hopefully we can make that happen. But other than that, um, I think I got a really good thing going in evolve right now, myself mm-hmm. and Harlem bravado, formerly of the Bravado Brothers in Dragon Gate USA and in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Um, I would really like to see what him and I can do as a tag team, maybe uh, see a little bit of tag team gold in our future and evolve. Mm. Um, and I would also like to con- continue to successfully run my own independent wrestling company as I started Zero One USA Northeast, based out of the Gardner, Massachusetts area. I've run three events so far, we have a fourth and fifth in the in the upcoming 2020 schedule. Uh, one of them being on March 8th in Gardner, Mass. It's our big heavyweight championship tournament. So I'm very excited for that as well. Awesome. I'm going to try my best to get out there because that sounds like I, I'm actually want to go to the last show, but I couldn't be able to. But I think this one, I'm going to have to clear out March 8th for my, for my calendar for sure. Well, yeah. Uh, Anthony Green, um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Again, congratulations on all your fantastic success. Um, I'm hoping to see you continue that success in 2020. Thank you so much. If you guys have not checked out the amazing retrosexual Anthony Green, make sure you give him some love over on the Twitter at retro. I'm sorry, retro AG. Give him some love over there. Follow him on all the social media and make sure you keep an eye out for all the great stuff that is in store for him in 2020. Anthony, it is an absolute pleasure to speak to you again. And uh, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you.